Welcome to Optimistic Voices, a podcast of helping children worldwide. We help children worldwide by strengthening and empowering families and communities. This podcast is for people interested in deep conversations with thought leaders in the fields of child welfare, global health, and international missions. Welcome to the Optimistic Voices podcast. My name is Emmanuel Nabil, commonly known as NABS, and I am one of the regular hosts on this podcast. In today's episode, we are blessed to have our guest, Jennifer Suma Thamu. Jennifer is a certified nursing assistant. I came to know Jennifer when she was nine years old. We both grew up together in an orphanage called the Child Rescue Center in Sierra Leone. Jennifer is a care leaver, and she is also now a care leader. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Thank you, Nams. I'm glad to be here. Good, good. We are glad to have you. Well, in today's episode, this message is about Jennifer's journey to the orphanage, how she navigated life there, and her post-orphanage journey. She will normally refer to this as the journey of transformation and the struggle of adaptation, that is, after leaving the orphanage. Jennifer, before we go further today, could you please clarify for us the terms care lever and care leader? For sure. Care lever is a child who grew up in an institution before aging out without ever being reintegrated to a family. And a care leader is a lever who now uses their care le- live an experience to advocate for children to grow up in the families. Thank you. Thank you. I know that can be confusing sometimes, a care lever, but thank you for trying to find out for us that a care lever is a child who, who has a care living experience. He grew up there and they, 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 they age out without, without ever being reintegrated back into family. And then when those care leavers become care leaders now, that means they are using their care living experiences to advocate for children to grow up in families. Thank you so much for letting us, uh, uh, know the differences there. So thank you. Um, now, will you be willing to share uh, with us, like, what led to your coming into the orphanage in the first place, your journey to the orphanage? Yes, for sure, Nabs. I came from a very poor background. I lost my dad when I was at a young age. My mom was struggling to take care of me and my six siblings. I started selling on the street to help support my family and my grandma. One day as I was selling on the streets, I came in contact with a connection to the orphanage. I was taken to live there so that I can get access to educate, um, I can get access to education, food, healthcare, and other services that my that my mom was not able to give to me and my siblings. I stayed at that orphanage for 10 years, enjoying those services, but also missing the connection with my family, siblings, and community. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for share, uh, for sharing the, your story with us. Uh, Jennifer, we really appreciate that. I know that can be tough. Um, so now that we, we've kind of know your journey leading up to the orphanage. Um, 
would like to know a little bit about what was your experience like, you know, growing up in an orphanage like that. You know, what did you like most about about your life in the orphanage? That's a um, most uh, appreciable question. Um, some good things happened to me in the orphanage. I got rescued. I was given food, clothing, and education. I have three meals a day. I stayed in a very nice and comfortable place. I enjoy spending time with my. I spent. I enjoy spending time with um, the other kids, and in the orphanage, mm -hmm. we have a good relationship with each other, and we still call each other as brothers and sisters. Yes. So, yeah, I enjoy having that. That was a good experience for me. Perfect. I remember you, you and the other girls. Sometimes when I when we are there, like you know the children's voice. I was the children's <laughs> voice president, and you guys sometimes we are very stubborn, yeah. you know. And then sometimes like you guys, we uh, try to sneak through and to leave and to go watch sports and yeah. uh, and and you know you want to stay in your room. And you guys didn't even not not everyone even voted for me for the children's <laughs> voice president. That was funny. So yeah, I mean yeah. there are good memories for sure. <laughs> Just funny. Well, sure. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you. So, but now, but now you are an adult, you know, as an adult, you know, what is the hardest part of, about being a care leaver? Like how well prepared, you know, were you to, to, for life on your own? What challenges, you know, do you face and what supports or, or preparation do you wish you had to prepare for your adult life? Yeah, I might say adaptation. Adaptation? Mm hmm the struggle to adapt to a real world was the most difficult thing. To struggle to raise and connect with families, to learn my culture, my tradition, to learn how to speak my native language, and to communicate well with my families and community people. I was not prepared for independent living. Even now that I have reconnected with my own families, and I have families of my own, my experience growing up in an orphanage is impacting my my connection with my family in many ways. Attachment issues, dealing with traumas of separation, hurrying about fitting in and properly being normal, identity, and things like that. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, there's actually a study that, uh, you know, much of research and study will show that, you know, children when grow up in an orphanage for a long, long period of time, they, they really struggle with all of these things you've just, you've just, uh, listed, you know, adapt, struggle to adapt to the real world. And they are sometimes 90% not ready, you know, for independent living. So there's, there's there a lot of bunch of studies out there and talking about some of these, uh, things of growing up in an orphanage. So, but hey, here's the thing. You see, we have a lot of well meaning donors in the U.S. and out in other parts of the world who care about orphans and vulnerable children, you know, and this because of this level of care, this commonly leads to support for orphanages. So what do you wish Western donors understood about orphanages? Well, the obvious assumption about orphanage is that children in orphanage do not have family to care for them. But multiple studies have shown that the majority, 80 to 90 percent, have at least a living parent and almost all have relatives who could care for them if they have the means to do so. You already know these NABs. Many of us who live in 
in an orphanage we are not there because of lack of families but we were there merely because of poverty though this was not clear at the beginning because it was just after the um civil war but it became very clear over those years yeah yeah i know i know it's like 16 years later when we first learned that that 80 to 90% of children living in institutions around the world have families or, or and they, and at least almost all of them have uh, relatives who could care for them that it means to do so. It, it was shocking to us. It was shocking. Um, and that even led us to do our own survey in our own very orphanage that we lived, you know, and, and we found out that 98% of all the children who had ever lived in that orphanage, our residential facility, you know, had at least a living parent and all her relatives who could care for them you know that's that that's just how it is yeah yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah true that is why study shows that poverty not the lack of family is the number one reason for children to go to orphanages and other institutions mm -hmm. it is not the lack of family i am sure when you were the director of the child rescue center orphanage you saw how poverty was separating families, right? Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. You see, because the, the, the orphanage provided amazing services like education, healthcare, and food, you know, to help children with their with their basic needs. We all know that. And parents, we are choosing, when I was there, parents are choosing between sending their children to orphanages and caring for their children themselves. Of course, the reason there is because the poor families, you know, they, they want their children to have access to those facilities. And the family... Families, they, they, they were not able to financially provide these necessities, but uh, they knew the orphanage could. So they believe this is the only solution they have to secure their child's future. But guess what? They, they are doing that at the expense of the love and connection that they and their children, they need to thrive. You know, so, so what do you think? What do you think? I am happy that the CLC, HCW, and all the partners saw the need for better way. And you all collaborate to support families so they can stay together. Mm -hmm. No child have to choose between their family and the tools they need to build their better future. There is a way to do both through holistic family care. Yeah, wow, Jennifer. That that's why I say that's why I say, yeah, no child has to choose between their family and the tools they need to to, to be a better future. I, I like I like how you ended that one there. You know, there's a way to do both. And that means it's truly holistic family care, which is that that's so cool. And thank you again for, for recognizing the work of helping children worldwide and many other organizations out there and our partners for you know our collaborative efforts in order to, to move uh, from orphanage to family care. Um, that's great. Thank you. So, so let's talk about the magic wand, right? You have a magic wand, you have to wave and you get your wishes, something like that. Mm -hmm. So how would you have made your childhood different if you could have? Sprinkle that magic wand. The civil war could not have disturbed my family and country. Poverty could not have separated me from my families and community. I could have loved to see myself having access to those amazing services that the orphanage provide while I stay with my family. I could have loved to fully participate in my culture and tradition and feel belong and connected. 
I could have loved my family, my siblings to have access to the same opportunity I have in the orphanage. I could have loved to grow up with my siblings, get to know them, mentor them and connect with my extended family. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so much true. That's so much true. Um you 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 are you are a mom. You are a mom now, right? How many kids do you have? Two beautiful kids. Two beautiful kids. What are their names and how old are they? Imama is seven and Edie is four. Wow, wow, that's lovely. Thank you. So so I know you are a, you are a, you are a wonderful mom actually because I've seen you parent your kids and I see the way you connect with them. It's it's so it's so meaningful and, and I love that. So but what do you think is the most important thing about being a mom? Your presence, your love, your connection, being there for your children. Love them regardless of your poverty status. Hmm. Connect with them to the best level. Hmm. I love waking up and seeing my kids. They enjoy that. They know not everything is bright and beautiful. Mm -hmm. I know I don't have all the resources to give them, but they also know I love them so much. Mm -hmm. I'm here for them. I show them true love, care, concern. I feel connected to them. I miss the family intimacy, attachments, engagements, and trust. I miss my mom kissing me on my forehead, touching my hair. Yeah, I miss my mom genuine smile and laughter and all of the good stuff when I was away from them for 10 years. Wow. Thank you. Thank you very much for letting us know that. That's, that's, uh, that's really, really true and everything you've said out there. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. So, um, let's, let's see. If something happened to you, right? Um, where would you want your, your, your beautiful kids to be careful? Is it, in, can you send them to the orphanage? No offense, but no. Wow. Why not then? Mm, they can stay with their dad and their other families, aunties, uncles, and grandparents. They love them so much. I can't send them to live in an orphanage because they have a family. They need to know them, connect with them, learn their culture and all the goodies family brings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, but now let's think as you look ahead, what are you most, um, excited about? Um, I'm most excited about same family empowerment, children growing up and striving in families, families and culture are maintained. So yeah, children knowing their culture, their identity. Naturally finding answers to identity questions like who, who they are, where are they from, how connected they are, or where they belong. Wow. Thank you. That, that's, so, that's so much powerful. It's so profound. Um, so your final question here is uh, what final message do you have for our listeners, uh, donors, and supporters of orphanages? What advice will you give Western donors who truly want to provide support for orphans and vulnerable children? My advice could be like, um, children belongs in families. We all want to do good. We mean well. As believers, we follow the teaching about caring for windows and orphans. Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God set the lonely in families. Let's care for those children in families. 
let's invest in empowering families. I was reading the banner study that was done two years ago, which shows that U.S. Christian gave about $2.5 billion annually to support res residential care, institutions, and orphanages. Of course, these supporters mean well. They have good hearts and want to help vulnerable children. However, imagine how much good these investments could do. Imagine how much good these investments could do in, in tackling the root cause of poverty if we use them to empower families instead of creating more orphanages. Let's rethink orphans and orphanages and start to invest in families, provide resources, and strengthen those that are held back by extreme poverty. Well, friends, that is the message. What keeps families apart are not those uh, intangible things like love and connection. But what keeps them apart are tangible needs, those physical needs that families feel they are unable to provide. And they hope that those will be provided if their child is cared for elsewhere. Of course, the problem is that those tangible items, no matter how good they are, cannot take the place of a family, just like Jennifer. I know this from experience. Jennifer, I want to really thank you so much for blessing us today with your story. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So friends, the journey had begun. You see, it's a rewarding journey. It's a global movement to see children grow up in families. The good news is that many organizations, many partners, many donors are now committed to getting children back into families. The journey had begun. It is a rewarding journey. It is a global movement to see children grow up in families. The good news is that many organizations, many partners, many donors are now committed to getting children back into families, whether their own or local foster and adoptive families as the only true way, right, to provide a healthier and happier future for children who have been separated from their loved ones. The question here is, what role are you going to play? We want you to join us on this journey. Together, we can create a community of best practice that can lead the world to a place where every child will grow up in a family, to a place where families do not have to feel like sending their children to orphanages is the only option for them to access the basic or necessities of life. To a place where we no longer lack families for children that are classified as orphans. Friends, this is possible. Why? Because we are mightier together. Together, we can truly continue to raise a generation of children that will thrive as they meet those physical intangible needs and intangible needs in families. We hope that you enjoy hearing Jennifer's message today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Optimistic Voices. It is a big, messy world out there, friends. And there's no shortage of need 
But we here at Optimistic Voices believe that with radical courage and radical collaboration, together, we can change the world. Thank you and God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can find us at Helping Children Worldwide on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Hashtag Optimistic Voices Podcast.